Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Now, here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Oh boy, have we got an episode for you. Bye guys, this is freaking episode 43 of IG2G and today we're going to bring to you some card games. <gasps> Ooh, isn't that special? Or hey, maybe you like bugs, maybe you like monsters, maybe you want to dance forever. I don't know, we got it all. Or maybe you just want to go get an axe or a sword or something else and fight your friends. We got it all here, so stay tuned everybody. Number 5. So I'm starting it off, the releases this week, with a card game two-pack. I think Eric did a two-pack a couple times ago. He cheated. I'm breaking the rules now. It's my turn. These both dropped on the 4th of December. One for 30 bucks. One is free to play. I'm talking about Thronebreaker, The Witcher Tales, and Gwent the Witcher card game. What are you talking about, Matt? They've already been out on PC. But now they're dropped on the consoles. PS4 and Xbox One, you get to be having your fun. Developed and published by CD Projekt Red. You know these guys. You know they do amazing things. I've already talked about Thronebreaker, The Witcher Tales, and how excited I am for that. The the like the you get that like overhead isometric RPG with all the Witcher choices and the big heavy you know concerns this way and that. You get companions, get all that stuff, and card battling for the combat. Really awesome. Can't wait to actually dig into that one. But then Gwent is now officially out, and I know last time I talked about Gwent, I had turned the corner and said I fucking hate Gwent. It's terrible. I don't like what it's become. But with the the launch on consoles, they've done, I think it's called Gwent Homecoming. So it's kind of like a revamp of a lot of different things. Like for one, they got a brand new board. So based on the lore and the factions that, you know, you guys are picking, it's an actual, it looks like an actual battlefield. So instead of just being, hey, it's just the, the wooden table you're playing cards. Now it actually, you know, it makes sense. And your leaders are 3D people. So like standing in the corner, you'll see King Foltest. They've got all new abilities, all new stuff that they can do. So they've been totally revamped. Like I know some of them let you hold different number of cards. So a lot more strategy there than just pick the guy who's got like the 10 attack thing and just attack and whatever. Brand new cards are in there too. I think they said 30 brand new cards are coming with this update. They got a progression system now. So you can actually pick how you want to play the game, unlock a new perks and abilities just for you in that progression system. That sounds fantastic to me because I like playing very specific ways when I play Gwent. And if this will allow me to just sneak off into that little tree, I'm going to love it. Another new thing, order abilities for cards. So instead of just plopping a card down and he does his ability right then and then your turn's over, they've got cards with order abilities where you put the card down, maybe he's got an action that he does, or he just adds up to your side, and then in later turns or whenever you feel like, you're going to be like, all right, I'm activating his order to buff up this row or attack this other card or you know, do whatever it is. So it adds a little bit more strategy to just, you know, how, how it kind of used to be was like play it, ability would go, that's it. And he just sits there. So now there's a little bit more action, a little bit more strategy, a little bit more choice. So if you, if you played Gwent already and you liked it or you didn't like it, maybe you're going to want to jump into this new update. Like I said, it's free to play. Just download it and play it. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, no sweat. You spent no money. Gwent and Thronebreaker, they're out now. I'm going to have both. I'm going to have them both installed. I'm going to be playing them. It's going to be great. Number four. Well, when you think about Witcher, what do you think about? You think about monsters, and I got a title for you. Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom out right now for the Nintendo Switch. It's also for the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One and PC, but Nintendo Switch out now. <laughs> Have you guys had an itching? 
I fixed it. Needing to get back to the olden days, the late 80s, early 90s, when the side-scrolling adventure games were in their prime and everything was as it should be. Well, that's what Monster Boy is trying to do. Developed by Game Atelier and published by FDG Entertainment. These guys and gals over there, they wanted to get back to them old school type of adventure games, much like Wonder Boy. And if you guys didn't know, earlier this year, I think it was, Wonder Boy got reimagined with all new uh, graphics and drawings and artwork. But then they also had like the cutback to where you could go to the original version of it. So hmm. they went ahead and did like a spiritual successor here in this one. What's it about? It's an old-school 2D side-scrolling adventure game in which your Jin, young man trying to save the day, your evil uncle's gone crazy, he's doing all sorts of bad things. You, however, get cursed into an animal or a beast or a monster, whatever you want to call it. And you got to use these abilities to get to the level. And like I said, solve the puzzles. For example, you get uh, you start off with a pig, and the pig can throw fireballs. You're going to go through a level. You're going to see some switches. you got to hit the switches with the fireball. That'll, of course, open up different gateways or drop things down, etc., etc., for you to keep moving. You'll also have uh, the option of becoming like a frog, a lion man, a um, couple others. What were the others? Oh, man, I don't know. A snake, which uh, can go ahead and go zoom down real fast, and you can also like hang on the grass and stuff, so you'll be able to get over things. You get where I'm going with this. You're going to end up with all six of these different beasts slash animals, monsters, and you, the levels are going to get harder and harder as you go, and you're going to have to think smart and think quick and how to utilize all your different abilities on those animals to make it through the stage. There's the typical boss fights at the end of the, you know, the little levels, and then, of course, there's going to be items for you to get HP back or hearts back in this case. That's what you use in this game, much like you know old-school Zelda, and other items to help you vanquish your foes, there's a nice little story going on in this with the other cat and people and cat people, animal people talking to you going, oh, you got to stop your uncle. And it's witty and funny, much like all these games back then were. So what I'm trying to tell you is if you want to jump back in time, have a little bit of fun in an old school 2D adventure game, platform, whatever you want to call it, this might be something to take a peek at. That, my friends, is Monster Boy The Cursed Kingdom. Check it out. Number three. Now, I broke the rules earlier with a card game two-pack. Now, I got a dancing game three-pack. Oh, my god! I got all the releases. Ten releases this week. Oh, my goodness. What am I talking about right now? This also dropped on the 4th of December. I'm talking about Persona 3, Dancing in Moonlight, and Persona 5, Dancing in Starlight. These are out for PS4 and PS Vita, developed and published by Atlas. What is Persona 5? What is Persona 3? Great RPGs, and now you can play and have fun with those characters in a purely rhythm-based game. If you like Parappa the Rapper, if you like Just Dance, if you like things like that, you're going to love this game. And if you don't like things like that, maybe the fact that you get to spend some more time with your favorite characters from these games is going to hook you in. Now, I will say, you know, Eric and I have talked about this offline there is no story mode, traditional story mode per se, where you're going through trying to achieve a goal. I think the story of each one is both sets of people get sucked into the Velvet Room and they have a dance-off, basically. So it's whether you're playing as Persona 5 people or Persona 3 people. I think the story is essentially the same. What happens is the, the twin sisters, while you're sleeping, suck, like you said, mm -hmm. all of you from Persona 5 and Persona 3 in to the Velvet Room. They say, hey, while you're dreaming, we're going to pit you guys against you guys in a dance competition. And then everyone's like, cool. And they're mm -hmm. like, you won't remember any of this when you wake up, so anything goes. It's all for fun. And then away you go. Yeah. 
So it's kind of sort of worthless story-wise, which is the biggest thing about the Persona games. But when you're, you know, you're dancing and doing the dances and getting high scores and dancing them on like easy, medium, and hard, you can unlock essentially like social link segments with the different characters. You can hang out with Ryuji and Anne and all your favorite people and whoever from Persona 3 because I never really had a chance to get into that one. So if you if you just want more time with those characters, these might be fun options for you, especially if you do enjoy rhythm games. I mean, the graphics are bright and colorful. They are a little bit like too... It's like a little bit too much for me sometimes when I'm watching it. Like when you got all the different icons going all over the screen and you got the dance in the background and character voices pop and in it you know it's a lot to parse out but once you get used to it if you're a rhythm gamer you'll get used to it it'll be fine i mean you've had arrows going all over in dance dance revolution forever so this won't be too bad for you obviously the music is pulled straight from the games you've got remixes you got live versions you got all kinds of stuff the thing i have been hearing is the track lists are a little small like maybe like two dozen songs for one of the games. And a lot of them are, like I said, here's the original version, here's a remix, here's a live version. So you're playing through the same song a bunch of times, slightly different versions, and then plus you're kind of grinding those songs to get high scores on different difficulties to unlock the social links. But if you just want more social link time with your favorite characters, this is how you're going to get it. So you're going to want to do it anyway. I've been hearing, you know, the game's fun. The interface is a little cluttered, like I said. But hey, if you do want a full-on story mode, you can get the Persona Endless Night Collection, which has Persona 3 Dancing in Moonlight, Persona 5 Dancing in Starlight, and Persona 4 Dancing All Night, which did have an actual story mode in it. I think it's all about, you know, the crew getting together and doing like a big dance competition. But you're, you're meeting up with rival crews and other characters. It's like a full story mode now, if you get that collection, it is 100 bucks, but you're getting three full games inside of it. I, I considered it just for that story mode. So if you're a big fan of 3, 4, and 5, you're going to want to pick that up. If you just played 3, you're going to want to see your favorite characters all over again. Updated graphics, HD visuals for them. If you played Persona 5, maybe if you're not a rhythm gamer, you don't want to get this just yet. Maybe wait for a discount. I'm probably going to do that myself. But if you're a rhythm game fanatic... You're probably going to want this, especially if you like these characters. So there you go. A Dance in 3-pack. I've already had five releases, and we've only gone through three technically. I don't have anything for the last one, though. I'm, <laughs> I'm very sad. Number two. You know, as we discussed with that game, I'm not a big dancing guy, but I love my persona. So I was at a crossroads, one would say. And I don't have to worry about it anymore. Because another game, the one I'm about to talk about, just came out called Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. This is for the Nintendo Switch, currently available right now. Everyone who owns a Switch needs to do themselves a favor and pick it up. And you know why, Matt, I don't have to worry about Persona? Because at the Video Game Awards, which another thing we're going to be talking about, the first mm -hmm. DLC pack, one of many for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, is Joker is coming to freaking Super Smash Brothers Ultimate as a playable character and not only that, but I don't remember how many, but it's a ton of the songs from Persona 5 as well coming to Super Smash Bros. Oh, Ultimate. Oh, nice. So I will pretty much own the entire soundtrack for Persona 5 as well as being able to play as Joker in Persona 5 mm -hmm. for this particular title. I am stoked. I can't wait. I get my Persona fix and my Super Smash Bros. fix. 
I'm living a dream, man. I'm just floating down the river right now. Some of you might be going, well, what's this Super mm-hmm. Smash Bros? And if you ask me that, I need you to go ahead, take your game console, whatever one it is, break it over your knee, put it in a fire, burn it, and just walk away. Because Smash Bros. has been around forever since the Nintendo 64. It's Nintendo's flagship fighting game. All right, It pits all sorts of Nintendo characters from all over the generations, and now non-Nintendo characters against one another. You want to say, remember that uh, Battle Royale Superstar that PlayStation attempt at it? Oh, yeah. And it totally yeah. failed? Mm-hmm. Well, that's fine because now they're drawing in characters from the PlayStation world like Solid Snake and... Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. I, I just thought of that. I was like, yeah, Solid <laughs> Snake was in that and now he's in uh-huh. Smash anyway. Yep. So here we go. We're just going to bring all those boys and girls right on over to the Super Smash Bros. world. It's a free-for-all fighting game. Really kind of fun, energetic. It's not super nuanced. It's not like a Tekken and your Soul Calibur. It's more of a free-for-all. You fight on different kind of cool stages with all sorts of uh, things happening in the background. You can, of course, disable this, but, you know, uh, whatever. This is the point to me, anyway, of Smash Bros. Just having the chaos, having the madness, and then dealing with it mm-hmm. and getting lucky sometimes, getting unlucky sometimes. And then, of course, just using your favorite characters to punch the crap out of characters you hate. So when people are flying around as Kirby, the big dumb cream puff, oh, I love just getting Link and just smashing down my sword and destroying that fool. Kirby's awesome, man. No, Shut up. No, he's not. He's terrible. Terrible. Nah, no, he's, he's all right. Oh, I'm just messing. I do like him. All right. His hey, how about awesome. Jigglypuff, huh? Huh? We can hate yeah, him. Yeah, screw, screw Pokemon. That, Pokemon. that stuff exactly. sucks. <laughs> So if you've ever loved anything Nintendo, this game has something for you. It's got a jukebox, which I've already previously mentioned, which has thousands of songs from all over the different uh, titles of characters that are going to be in there. You can go to Castlevania, listen to like 26 different tracks from ca- all the different Castlevanias throughout time. Yeah, Final Fantasy's got God knows how many songs in there from Final Fantasy songs, because of course Cloud Stripes in this game. Duh. Amazing. Pokemon... Oh, God, I don't know, a billion of them. Star Fox, it, Kirby, it goes on. Fire, Fire Emblem. Emblem. Like yeah, Fire well, there's Emblem like 5,000 yeah. Fire Emblem people in this game. Mm-hmm. It, Kid Icarus, it ranges all over the place. So you can do that just if you want music. If you want music to have in the background, this will be a perfect collection for 60 bucks. You get, I don't know how many soundtracks worth, way more than 60 bucks worth of soundtracks. I can promise you that. Not only does mm-hmm. it have that, it has your classic mode in which you just go against... One character, fight another character, go all the way down the line until you fight the final boss, bada bing, bada boom. It has, of course, your multiplayer where you're playing against friends, with friends, any kind of setup you can imagine. It pretty much has it for you. And then they've gotten this new adventure called Spirit World or whatever, in which it's like a weird Pokemon kind of layout. You're like on this big overarching map, and then you go to these spirits, and you're Kirby because you're the last existing hero. The other heroes got taken up by the light, which is the big baddie. Yeah, no, shut up. See what a badass Kirby is? You stop talking whatever, about Kirby, whatever. homie. So you got to play as Kirby to start, and then you unlock, you free your <laughs> friends as you're going. And then not only do you free your friends, but you have to free these assist trophies, which become like these sub um, cards or pets, you might want to call them, which give you extra abilities mm-hmm. in these battles. So say you get into one battle and the floor is all poison, you can't touch the floor, so you got these two things to stand on, it's too hard, you can't do it. So you walk away from that, you go to another one, and you end up getting a uh, an assist trophy or pet that has, hey, you're immune to poison floors. Bada bing, bada boom, now uh, you can okay. go back and do that. 
you get where I'm going with this in which you just got to start using your brain or you can let auto pick pick it for you, which will generally give you the right setup to get through that next match. And you just travel around collecting these things, freeing your friends and doing all that. It's pretty fun. It's starting to, it's been about 11, 12 hours for me into it. It's starting to get a little old. Um, I really kind of want to finish it. I've been told you really need to finish it. There's a really cool cinematic at the end that brings it all together. But uh, it is getting mm. to the point where I feel like some of the, the matches are just ridiculous. It's I'm like, okay, I just want to go play Smash Bros. and have all my characters unlocked. Which, speaking of which, you can unlock your characters any way you want. You can just go play Classic Mode, Multiplayer, the Spirits Mode. Everything you do will unlock characters over time doing different things. A fantastic game. It's gorgeous. It's way beyond what I thought it would be. So many cool characters. Nostalgia everywhere. Do yourself a favor. If you have a Switch, go buy this game. Now. Do it. Number one. And speaking of gorgeous games that are way beyond what I thought they were and doing yourself a favor and going and getting a game, Earth Defense Force 5 is out now the day of this show for 60 bucks for the PS4. I'm just going to read my notes verbatim right here. Oh my God, EDF is amazing. And then in all capital letters... Bees and frogs. Yes. If you don't know what Earth Defense Force is, it is B-Movie the game. It's ridiculous, over the top. It's, it's, a, it's a big, dumb, cheesy story about aliens that come to Earth and they drop giant bugs. And you're in the Earth Defense Force and you've got to fight the giant bugs. That's what it is. You get your little crappy machine gun on the first level and you go, and you're shooting these giant ants and they're puffing up in these big... Big like explosions of like green alien blood, and they're like bouncing all around the terrain, and you're accidentally shooting the buildings, and the buildings are blowing up and destroying and crumbling. And all the while, there's like the worst voice acting going, "Hey, we gotta go, EDF, EDF," and it's just, it's so cheap and silly and fun and ridiculous. I don't know how to describe it, but B-movie the game. That's the best way to think about it. It's not going to be some AAA masterpiece, but if you want to sit down and have some big, over-the-top, big, dumb, goofy fun, EDF is for you. It's certainly for me. You're blowing through, usually in, in an EDF game, you have like hundreds of levels. This one has, I think, over 110 levels where you're just mowing down giant hordes of these enormous bugs. You got ants, you got spiders, you got bees, you got frogs, you got giant dragon things. Eventually, of course, you always start fighting like the dropships, the mechs, a big old mothership at the end of the thing. And it's just ridiculous. You're, you're picking between four different classes. There's usually the, the general runaround soldier dude. There's the wing diver who's got like a flying ability. And it's usually ladies and they have like laser guns. There's a big old heavy tank dude. And then there's like a support class who can call in vehicles and things. And in true B-movie game fashion, the vehicles are like awful to control. But they do a lot of damage. So it's, it's trade-off. It's ridiculous fun. And what would four classes be without online four-player co-op, which this has now. You can play with your friends online. You can play split-screen two-player co-op. And I've heard that's where the bee's knees is at because, A, you can do a lot of fun combos. But, B, this game is actually really super hard, especially in the later levels. I mean, they're all... All the EDF games get pretty hard. But I've been hearing for this one, like, the last few levels, you actually have to, like, squat up and, like, do it almost MMO style, like pull this group of baddies and make sure the other group doesn't get 
doesn't get triggered. And I mean, it's not it, it's not going to have like the CC mechanics or anything, but you actually have to plan out what you're going to do for these last few levels. But other than that, it's just over-the-top action, ridiculous fun. The graphics are actually pretty good for an EDF game this time. Now, again, they're not going to be AAA graphics, but if you played Earth Defense Force 2017 and then you look at this, it's going to look way freaking better. The sound is always good in that bad B-movie way. Like, the voice acting is always cheesy and chintzy, and people are like, oh, it's so cringy, but I'm like, but it's so good. This is like a watching one of those old cheesy movies, and now you're playing through it, you're blowing away thousands upon thousands of aliens and mechs and bees and frogs and dragons and all these freaking things. I can't wait to go play it. I'm so excited. I love EDF. I hope you guys love EDF too, because this should have like billions of sales. Red Dead Redemption 2, what are you? God of War, what is even that? I'm the God of War in Earth Defense Force 5. Go get it right now. Imposter's topic of the day. So the video game awards have come and gone, and it did not disappoint. Oh, by golly, it did mm. not disappoint. They had some great reveals. They had some great trailers in there. Of course, the individuals who won and lost, pretty much all of them I agreed with to some extent, except for one. Mm. And I want to get it off my chest real fast. I love Monster right. Hunter World, but it is not an RPG. It did not deserve to win in an RPG slot. I don't <laughs> understand who thought that up or who thought that was a great idea. But that was a complete sham and took away from actual real RPGs and giving them mm. their just rewards. And don't get me wrong, I love that game. I do. I really do. Now, I saw a couple people post that same thing on Twitter. Not just you, but a couple other people. And then a couple days after the Game Awards, they had the Gamer's okay. Choice Awards, which I think was on CBS or something. And it won Best RPG there as well. So apparently, no one else in the entire world other than you three and me, even though I've never played it. So four people. Everyone else thinks Monster Hunter World is an RPG. I am convinced it's just a sham. I'm convinced that they wanted Monster Hunter World to get something, but they couldn't <laughs> put it in any other category where it would win. And so they said, well, let's mm -hmm. throw it in the RPG category. Because it's got, you know, you get swords and upgrade and get armor and fight monsters. You level up it's, and kind of things. It's, yeah. it's an RPG. And you're playing yeah. the role of a hunter, Eric. It's literally a role yeah, playing we'll game. Give it to <laughs> them because they really want them to win because it is a fantastic game and it does deserve recognition. Mm -hmm. However, like I said, I'm just sad because games that are really RPGs should have won that. And there were some great ones this year. Yeah. Rest in peace, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which didn't even get brought up. Didn't even uh, get nominated. No. Nah. Anywho, we're going to move past that. And I just <laughs> want to briefly talk about what was most interesting to you coming out of these video game awards, man. Now, I will say, since we're on the Monster Hunter clip right now, I just saw on Twitter that now they're going to have Geralt of Rivia from Witcher 3 in Monster Hunter World. And I'm like... I gotta get that Monster Hunter World now. Just like when they put him in Soul Calibur Six, and I went, maybe I should get mm -hmm. that Soul Calibur Six because I got to be <laughs> Geralt again. But I, I did just see that, and I was like, oh, that's that's perfect. I mean, he is the Monster Hunter, so I, I had to put that in there. Just and not only awesome. will be Geralt be in there, man, but he'll have a contract, meaning there's going to be a monster coming from the Witcher's world into Monster Hunter World. Ah, oh, nice, fantastic, yes. awesome. Now, I will say overall for the Game Awards, I enjoyed all the trailers, but not a lot of them got me super hyped just because they were kind of world premiere intro trailers. Like, here's the announcement, and here's a CG cutscene. And if anybody knows me, I hate CG cutscene trailers because I go, yeah, it looks neat, but pff, 
What is it? So the things that got me most hyped were indie games with unique visual styles. Because those, that's what the game's going to look like. So I'm, I'm excited for the visual look of that game. So Among Trees was, an, was one of those with the really colorful flora and everything. Same thing with The Pathless, which was the girl in yeah. that hawk. And that unique kind of like Asian flair to that whole style slash like sort of Native American kind of look. It, it had those, you know, those big, thick, heavy lines and stuff like that. And then The Last Campfire from Hello Games with the little, two little characters on the boat moving around, exploring that world. Those I got really excited for. Speaking of The Last Campfire, that was one that I was particularly interested in as well. Uh, I never got into No Man's Sky. Mm. You know, there was just a whole kerfuffle about it. Plus, it was the, hey, go explore and be the thing. And you know me, that's not my shtick. I just get lost and kill myself, yeah. and that's the end of it. But then they showed this, and then, and it looked gorgeous first off. It looked like super, like, just mm-hmm. peaceful and somber, just floating down, just like, looking through these ruins and checking things out. And instantly I went, this mm. would be a great way to spend 10 15 hours, however long it is. I'm assuming it probably, since they said oh, yeah. it's one of their micro titles, it's not going to be some vast, huge 60, 90 hour adventures. It's going to be a, a small thing. Mm-hmm. And that looks perfect. I'm hoping the price is right when this thing comes out because I definitely want that too. Then another one that, I mean, the price is right because you can play it for free right now, although it's only on Steam Early Access. One of the trailers that really, really connected with me because it was funny and the game looked fun survived by that like roguelike slash bullet hell cooperative mmo style like i almost want to say shooter because the bullet hell elements there where you run around as your character and as soon as you die you take over as like version two of him like his son and then you're survived by your following generations i mean the the trailer was just so fun and humorous that i just I'm not a big roguelike guy, but if it's lighthearted and silly like that and there's not a huge penalty for death and maybe you get to carry over your weapons or your money or whatever, I'm going to love that game, especially if it comes to consoles. Hopefully it does because I'm not a big PC gamer. But that's the one that stood out for me, just cool graphics, like a fun style. I think there was, oh, God, I can't remember the name of the game. Like It did a similar thing. Kingdom of Loathing, that's what it was called where it was online, big MMO style, and it had like bullet hell type action to it. But this looks like kind of a refining of that formula. And I always wanted to get into Kingdom of Loathing. I really want to get into this now too, because it just looks fun and and, and actiony and really cool. I don't know. Yeah, it seems fun. I mean, that one I forgot about until you actually started talking about it. And I went, oh mm-hmm. yeah, I was giggling and laughing at that. I thought that was neat. Holy crap. So that one swooped right off my radar. God, now I got to go back. <laughs> Yeah, because that's one, that's one that I saw the first time, and then when I went and watched the second half that I had to miss, I caught it again, and I went, oh, yeah, that. So uh, apparently it's pretty forgettable, but yeah, still pretty exactly. good. And I know you said you don't like talking much about the bigger titles that don't have actual gameplay, but these two do. They did show gameplay, and I wanted to talk about it real briefly, which was the new Far Cry, Far Cry New Dawn, and Rage 2. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Okay, Rage 2 has been around in development for quite some time. We've all seen kind of where this game's going, what its aesthetic is. And all of a sudden, Far Cry was like, hey, check this out. <laughs> I'm just going to bite that whole thing. Just, you're... Now yeah, I'm wearing exactly. that skin, too. They put on a Rage mask. Went, I am Rage. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it just cracks me up. 
and the saddest part is for me because I'm I'm in the camp that Rage Two is going to be really good. Rage One, of course, I thought was a decent game. Didn't get the uh, props it should have, but I, I understand it was kind of dull. Anywho, as we've talked about that before, I just want to say I'm in the Rage camp. Mm-hmm. I'm liking how this turned out. They sped it up. It looks like it's going to be basically what Doom was this last iteration, but insane. Oh, Post-apocalyptic, yeah. nut job, banana land. And that new trailer they had just totally sold me. Perfect song. Everybody was in, going nuts. The murder, the death, the blood, the gore, all just was taking me in and making me smile. And then, of course, I saw Far Cry New Dawn, and it was all it was all there again. All of a sudden, all this crazy, whack job, post-apocalyptic world. And I went, aww. I don't like this. Because, of course, Frog frog Cry. Because Frog Cry, bringing it back. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about Frogger. I was like, whoa, man. How are we Hardcore Frogger going? here. <laughs> No, because Far Cry's got a larger audience. You know, it's a, it's, it's in there, yeah, and I don't right. want Far Cry to eat Rage's Rage Two's lunch. Now, Rage Two, in theory, is probably going to come out far, you know, far sooner than Far Cry. Doesn't Far Cry just come out in February though? What? That's coming soon. Because I think it's based on probably the Far Cry Five engine, mm, so they could. You're right, because they could just, just flip like it that. right out. Yeah, I didn't catch a release date on that mm-hmm. one. Now I got to go back and check. I think it was February sixteenth, but well, see, I'm not there you go. Sure. So, because Rage Two comes out May May fourteenth, I think it is. So Far Cry is going to have a chance to just get the whole post-apocalyptic thunder out and all the goofy action. Then by the time Rage Two hits, either a people are going to be hungry for more because Far Cry was great, or it sucks real bad and they want mm. one that actually works, or C. Everybody's like, "Oh, that was a great meal." Okay, give it up, all you other copycats. Wait a minute, no. <laughs> now, see, I, I think Rage will have that meaty action, like that, that heavy-feeling gunplay that Far Cry mm-hmm. doesn't really have. So if you want serious action, like you said, yeah. kind of like Doom style, if you want that, you're not really going to get that in Far Cry. You're going to get a post-apocalypse with a couple fun things in it, but you're not going to get an id software shooter like you're going to get with Rage 2. Plus, you said Rage 2 is going to have the shoot-and-loot aspect and all that other stuff, which Far Cry mm-hmm. never really has. Like, it has it a little bit, yeah, but they are really. different games. I mean, I, I get it, but I'm just... I'm always worried anymore because it look, usually all the games I love end up dying because something else does it better, mm-hmm. or does it sooner, or, you know, does something, and, and then my game gets cut and killed, and then I'm always like, oh, no. So I get worried. <laughs> Yeah, like World of Warcraft, man. That just got eaten up all the time. Yeah, people tried to over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't swallow it. But besides that, the only other game that really, really, really kind of got me interested but didn't have any gameplay, of course, was The Outer Worlds. That looked... Oh, yes. I was going to segue off your post-apocalyptic wasteland straight into this one because this one I got really excited about. (laughs) Now, it's post-apocalyptic wastelands, colorful things, silly characters. That's exactly what this looked like. Two. Now, I will say the the only thing is when I was rewatching like the Rage Two trailer and the the Far Cry trailer, that original Rage trailer was colorful and like colors everywhere and popping bright pinks and blues and all this other stuff. And this one was a lot more just brown and dark and gritty, which is kind of what I we talked about it on an IG Two G, however damn long ago. How I was like, I want it to be fun and silly, but not so dark. Like the original Rage was super dark, and I see that creeping into that, and I see that creeping into Far Cry as well. With the, I mean, you you saw with the trailer, you you, you see mm-hmm. some dark stuff in there too, and there's going to be some of that in the Outer Worlds. I have no doubt, 
but it looks a lot more bright and colorful and shiny and fun than these other two do to me. Because Rage 2 especially had like the little overlays of color, but the gameplay was dark and brutal and and punchy and Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. But I'm also excited for The Outer Worlds because not only did the trailer look fun and it's from Obsidian and it's an RPG, so it's going to have like, you know, your progression system and all that other stuff. But I went on IGN like I think it was yesterday, and they were like, hey, we got all these details about the Outer Worlds, all about the progression system, all about the world that you're living in that's been taken over by corporations. So when you side with one group, they're going to be like plastered in like, like if you side with the Kroger killers or something, they're going to have like Kroger stamps all over their armor. So if you're siding with them, you're going to have company stamps all over your armor, and these people are going to be like the McDonald's warriors with the golden arches on their heads. Or, I mean, I won't be real mm. companies, but you know what I'm saying. So you get that. I mean, that's so silly in its own, in its own way. Like if I'm fighting a McDonald's robot, it's I can't take that seriously. I'm going to be laughing. I'm going to be having fun. And then the way they were talking about the the progression and the the perks you can get, and the further down a specific tree you get, the more outlandish the perks get. They were saying every twenty levels that you invest into a certain tree, you get a perk in it up to a hundred levels. So you get five different ridiculous perks. I think there was like stealth, combat, speechcraft, which I'm excited about because if I can talk my way out of fights with a McDonald's robot, that's going to be even better. If I convince him that Burger King's better and his head blows up, I love that kind of stuff. That's what I love doing in Fallout. That's what I want to do here. They said one of the skill trees, because you're going to get companions, because that's what Obsidian games are, are really good at, is you get companions that come with you. One of those skill trees is all about being a leader and buffing your companions and you not having to do the work because they can all that's what i'm all about right there Uh, Uh companions it's my favorite thing in the whole wide world getting them so they do all the things go out and all the quests and tasks while i do nothing ah Mm -hmm. yes i'm gonna get my rogue and my mage and my tank and then i'm just gonna be like a pickpocket and just or, or i'm just gonna be the talker i'm gonna talk you into giving me all your armor and guns and i'm gonna have my my crew kill you it's going to be so good. Mm-hmm. So I was excited by the trailer, and then this IGN article just made me explode with joy. I just couldn't believe it. It sounds amazing. Oh, God. It looks promising, and I love the RPG that it looks like they're trying to build here. I'm only fearful that they go too far Fallout, and it's an open world, do as you please, because mm-hmm. I instantly die at that point. I need yeah. there to be structure. I need there to be, hey, you've done these things in this town. If you want to follow the quest line, head on over to the moon over here on Rikus and go talk to Bayobay. Or you can go ahead and go screw off and mess around. But before you do that, remember, if you don't do that in this amount of time, you're screwed. That's what I need. It can't be open world. Do anything you want. No. 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 What I need is for you to just be represented by the sanitation poop company and you just have poop armor. Poop armor in the sewer. sloughs off in the rain. It all rains and my poop armor washed away. Oh, no. Running around naked in town, trying to dive into the sewers the to get more poop me. armor. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what I need from you. While well, I'm like the golden king, everybody <laughs> loves me. That's what I want. Uh, well, unfortunately, if it does end up being like an open world like Fallout, it's probably not going to be for me. So I'm going to mm. kind of keep my eye on this one, watch its progression, see where it goes. And then as long as it has some structure to it, like some of the previous games you know, were the semi-open world, but you know there was a, there was a clear mission. As long as it's got that, I am happy. I love the fact that, like, in the trailer they showed you choosing sides, and then it, they implied that, like you said, you can handle the scenarios in different ways. 
Like he mm-hmm. he you know, straight up shoots shoots the other individual, and she's like, "You didn't have to yep. kill him, jeez." But I like where your head's at. You're committed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh, that is awesome. I love it. I can't wait. Hopefully, hopefully, mission structure because I want to play it. I'm sure it will be because that's how Obsidian yeah. likes to build their games. So it's just the comparison that everybody's been throwing at it. You know, it makes me go, "Ah, yeah. no, 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 not full Fallout, not full Fallout, please, no Fallout." Maybe it'll be more Borderlands style. Yeah, it's just. Here, here, and then there's crazy characters off this faction, mm-hmm. that faction. That'd be fantastic. Absolutely. But besides that, there wasn't two. I mean, it's great games, but those were the ones that really stood out to me. I don't know if there's anything else that really got you all tickled and in a tizzy. I got one last one that I totally forgot until I looked at the notes. The Stanley Parable Ultimate Edition. Oh, my God. I love the Stanley Parable. Don't shake your head because you never even played it. You don't even know what I'm talking yeah, about, Yeah, it just looked you? like boring. I, I saw the trailer. Oh, it's the Stanley Parable. Right on that. Whatever. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's so good because the original game, it's, it's narration of you, the character. Like, oh, Stanley got up from his chair, and you automatically get up from your chair. It's like, oh, and Stanley walked down the hallway, and he chose the left door because he always chooses the left door. And if you go in the right door, it goes, no, Stanley made a mistake. He obviously is going to take the left door, and it comes to the doors again. So you take the right door, and then the narrator starts going on and on, and like, and it starts talking to you, the character, and you start playing through all these different scenarios. So maybe you do take the left door, and you go through this humdrum you know, routine that you do. Or you break out of here, and then he starts, like the narrator starts p- getting pissed off. Like, oh, well, you want a choice? Well, how about this freaking choice? How about this over here? Why don't you just hit this button to blow it all up? Because you don't care about the scenario that I crafted for you. It's so much fun. It's so ridiculous. I love the original. I can't wait to get back into it. Because there's going to be more stuff, more levels, more things to do. I love the Stanley Parable. So when it popped up, and especially the trailer that they had for it was like, hey, remember us from 2012? How we were nominated for all those awards? And then one, literally none of them, because The Last of Us took every single mm-hmm. one. Awesome trailer for an awesome game. I can't wait to get my hands on the Stanley Parable again, because I, I just love the first one so much. I can't wait. I can't wait. It just reminds me of that Portal spirit, and I didn't like Portal. Yeah. So I was like, oh, get the fuck. You know know what? Now I'm quitting the show again. (laughs) Finish it up, Eric. (laughs) Oh, come on. Get over here. (laughs) Douche Magoose? Jesus Christ. How can you not love Portal? Oh, man. Never got into it. Never never was my shtick. And that just has that whole vibe, that kind of humor, that kind of whole thing going with it. And I was just instantly like, I'll just go to the bathroom while this is playing. La, 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 la. Disgusting. Maybe I need to change my ways. Maybe I need to get in there and play these games. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I never played because I mean you like puzzle games. Portal is a puzzle mm-hmm. game. That's true. It's just got humor in the front and back of the puzzles. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I probably love it. I've never played Half Life mm-hmm. either. So you know, another game people say I should play, and I'm like, eh, whatever. <laughs> Someday maybe. I, th- I think Half Life's one of those ones where if you now it's too late. Yeah. But if you played it in it its sort of heyday, I played it a little late and I still loved it. But now it's it's way too mm-hmm. late. So anywho's. Yeah, a bunch of great games, all oh, yeah. to be looked at, waited on. God, this coming up year might just turn out to be just as good as this last year and just as good as the year before. Mm-hmm. As all the people say in the world, it's a great time to be alive. It's a great time. It is. Because the video games are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It's also a great time to wrap up the show. Imposters Wrap Up. 
So what did you guys enjoy most from the Game Awards? What are you most looking forward to? Isn't the Stanley Parable the greatest thing ever? Is Eric just a chump? You should let us know that. I mean, yes, that is true. So, so send that to us via email at info at thirdshift.me. Tweet it at us at thirdshiftme. And send us a Facebook message on Third Shift because it's pretty lonely over there. I get my reports about how Third Shift did on Facebook, and I go, oh, man, I wish I, wish I had friends over there some more, you know? Yeah, Facebook's a scary place. It's a very... Where'd you go, Bobby Enot? What happened? <laughs> he disappeared. <laughs> Just like everybody on Facebook, Matt. They all disappear. And you know where else you can check us out at? Over on their wonderful Patreon. We treat it just like a tip jar. If you like what you heard, you like what we're doing, you want to support us, consider heading over there and throwing us a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, a thousand dollars, or maybe the lofty one million dollars, in which case we will open up a food line and we will run it and we will have babies in jars and all sorts of really cool, weird things for you guys because that's how we that's roll. Right. And if you can't support us financially because you know what, Christmas is here and you've been over there donating blood and chopping off your fingers so you can afford gifts for your family members or friends that you don't even want to give a gift to, but you have to because you know what, it's Christmas time, you pigs, and you better be grateful and thankful and be nice to your friends and family. <laughs> well, at least that means I get a present this yeah. year. <laughs> but now that means I got to go buy you one. Oh, crap. Oh, it is sad. It's so sad. Oh, man, so <laughs> difficult. But I get it. You can also go ahead and support us by throwing us mailbag questions, giving us the likes and thumbs-ups and all the things on the Twitters and the Facebooks. Or, hey, maybe go to iTunes and give us five stars. I keep threatening people's lives with these five stars, and I think I might lose mm. followers because they get scared because I'm like, ah, well, come and get you myself and suck your souls out. So maybe that's scaring people. I don't know. Maybe I'll say this. Hey, be jolly and be merry and get into the giving spirit and give us some five-star ratings. It sure would light up my life and brighten my eyes. hey oh. And speaking of lighting up your life, IG2G will be back on Christmas Day because this podcast drops every two weeks on Tuesday. So we will be back in your ear holes on Christmas Day. We'll have a little special episode. It won't be a full episode. Spoiler alert. But you can find that Christmas episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. All those glorious places. And as I always say, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. We do indeed appreciate it. And I've already talked about the five stars. I'll just say, give us a five star. Help. Help me help you. And with that, Matt, there's nothing left to say. But... Don't, Don't forget, forget to say, to say.